Life was hard. But it could be worse. Life was hard. Welcome to the one and only but it could Life be is Hard podcast. Life is hard. I actually looked us up tonight just for giggles. You looked us up? Yeah, yeah. It turns out that for the most part, we're the only Life is Hard podcast. But there is a Life is Tough podcast. And... And the Passion City Church does a podcast, and they did an episode entitled, Life is Hard, God is Good. That is not quite where we're headed with that. <laughs> no, no, I don't think you're going to get that on our podcast. Uh, we'll just stick with the Life is Hard thing. You know, that Life is Tough podcast, they were going to name it Life is Hard, but it was already taken. So, I didn't look to see how new it was. Yeah, I should probably check. Know, see if we, life is tough. We've been on the air for a while, man. We're like a serious. Uh, we're coming up on five years. Yeah, we're an institution. I mean, when I searched for us, I found us on Spotify and Apple. Uh, what was the other one that popped up? There's another one, but they were all right at the top of the search. There's plenty. There's Castbox. There's Google. Yeah, but these were like at the top of the Google search. Our website was at the very top, and then the other ones were like so. So, life is hard. Podcast comes up with us like first three hits. Sweet. Yeah. Anyway, that the Dixie Chicks. Me. The Dixie Chicks are now just wow. the chicks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And Lady Antebellum changed their name to Lady A, but I guess because Antebellum, I guess has yes, it's racist. A- backgrounds but what they did not realize is that there is a rapper a female black rapper already named lady a and they basically just walked all over her oh no (laughs) so can't win for losing yeah well speaking of that iran has issued an arrest warrant for donald trump what yeah i did not know that yeah, I don't know if we can extradite him or not. We might have to wait for him to get out of office. What did he do in Iran? Oh, I don't even care. If they're willing to take him, send him over there. That's my theory. That would be nuts. Can you imagine that? I mean, I, Iran or Iran arresting a, a sitting U.S. president? Well, I mean... I mean, like... People would flip out. Part of the problem is that the president gets security for life. So how would that work? Would his security detail go with him? <laughs> I don't well, does he know? Does he know that they issued an arrest warrant for him? Yeah. Considering he didn't even know that, you know, Russia was paying bounties for US soldiers to be killed, I doubt he knows anything. I think he knows pretty much exactly what he wants to know. If it wasn't on Fox News, he probably doesn't know it. If he doesn't know, he might not take the security detail and then boom. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? But that wouldn't happen while he's president. Right. Even if he told him while he's president, you know, don't go with me. They would be like, "Uh, we have to go with you. Speaking of all that weirdness, like, like the security detail, it turns out there's a lot of perks for being president, but there's also some weird shit. Like, okay, did you know that the president has to buy all of his own food? No. Yeah, any food for him, his family, or his guests, or whatever, he has to pay for. So he's like normal? 
it's weird because okay, but I mean, there's there's okay, there's other things like that go in that come into play here because he gets a, I mean, aside from his salary, he gets like a hundred thousand dollar expense account, hundred thousand dollars a year expense account. He gets um. I'm sorry, it's a $50,000 annual expense account, $100,000 non-taxable travel account, and $19,000 for entertainment. Um, <laughs> th- those are allowances he has that are they're tax-free because they're expense <sighs> accounts, right? But, but he has to buy all of his own food. And if he has any private parties, they send him a bill for the catering, the cleanup, what, and, you know, any staff requirements or anything else. Well, sure. It just comes out of his entertainment budget. Well, yeah, he would have to pay it out. But but I'm just saying, they send him a bill. The, the Congressional Budget Office, whoever handles it, sends him a fucking bill. So it's it's really weird because, you know, you'd think, okay, we give him all this freaking money and we pay for his travel, like any any official travel, right? He travels in Air Force One or on the helicopter or, or in one of the, you know, big bulletproof cars they've got for him. Right, and and they've got in the in the White House, they've got 132 rooms, including a bowling alley and uh, a chocolate store, and I mean all kinds of fitness, you know, fitness center, tennis courts, you know, a swimming pool, everything. Right, so he's got everything you possibly imagine there. All of it's provided by us and maintained by us. We maintain staff, and uh, and then we don't buy his food, like or his clothes. It's like. Okay, uh, it just seems kind of weird. I don't know. I mean, why bother him with food? Who gives a yeah, shit? I know. Uh, I don't know. But uh, anyway, there were some surprises I got when I was reading up on this because I was talking to someone that I know, and they told me this, and I was like, "No way!" So I ended up like looking it up, and then, I mean, the fact that he gets a fifty thousand dollar a year expense account plus a hundred thousand dollar personal travel account. Plus a nineteen thousand dollar entertainment account, I can eat well on just nineteen thousand a year easily. So, so it's not <laughs> it's really only like, dedicated to food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like he's. Well, I would just say that was my entertainment eating. You know, I'd be like, oh yeah, I'm gonna. What are you doing tonight? I'm gonna be eating, and uh, and I could do that. Yeah, I mean, fuck yeah. So, so it's not like Let's he's pull that up on the calculator. 19,000 a year divided by Well, the easy math is just to say 1500 a month. That would be 18,000 a year. So 1500 a month is a pretty pretty steep figure since I think my actual food budget is uh, 3 under 300 a month. It's it's 2 to 300 a month. Actually, according to this, it works out to $52 a day, which is that's not that much. No, but he actually gets 50,000 a year for his expense account, the nineteen thousand just for entertainment. So you could put the two together if he's not going to do a lot of entertainment. Um, he doesn't get so any. So the food comes out of the expense account too. Well, he could take it out of whatever he wanted to, but not his salary. <laughs> I, I suppose what he could do is pay for everything else out of the expense account, call it an expense, and then pay for his food out of his salary. But he doesn't. Trump, in particular, has turned down his salary. That was one of his campaign promises. He doesn't take oh, his yeah, salary. Yeah. But he yeah. does charge the Secret Service like $650 a night uh, per room to stay at like Mar-a-Lago when he's down there. Or, yeah, well, he has to. He's broke. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of the. That's actually one of the things that people have speculated, that he's, he's uh, possibly a, 
potentially a billionaire on paper in terms of assets, but he has right. he, he has to he's all it's all debt. He's the king of debt. He uh, he has to have a cash flow to, to to manage or maintain all that debt. So. Um, Another interesting aside, though, uh, when I was researching this, was that, uh, and this this article in Forbes had to have been written by someone who who likes Donald Trump because it definitely had a spin in favor of Donald Trump. But they were talking about all the money that Donald Trump is saving us because he has like thirty six fewer staffers that we have to pay for than Obama had. Oh yes, yeah, so I feel so much better. Yeah, he's over four years. He's going to save us like. $22 million. And are they going to put that in healthcare? Uh, well, it, it's not really in the big picture. It's not really a lot of money. I mean, he gave tax breaks to his cronies and to his family, by the way. I mean, he's going to, he will benefit greatly from like the, the, um, uh, getting rid of the, the state tax and things like that. Um, right. But anyway, um, he he, you know, he gave tax breaks of a half a trillion dollars a year to to his friends. So, I don't think twenty two million saving us twenty two million is much of a consolation. Uh, you know, but I I you know if somebody was willing to take that deal, I'd do it. I'd be like, here, uh, give me five hundred dollars and I'll give you five dollars in savings. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, yeah, G- give me five hundred dollars. And then actually give me $495 because I saved you five bucks. Exactly. Yeah, I'm going to make this really easy for you. So anyway, that was some stuff that I discovered when I was just looking. Look at all the money you're saving by giving me $495. Yeah. Had you given me zero, I couldn't have given you a discount. Speaking of things not working out for the Trumpster, I don't know. You know he was going to move his... um, as far as I know, he still is going to move the Republican convention to Jacksonville, Florida. Oh, okay. And one of the reasons why he's moving from it there where? is... Sorry? From where? Uh, from Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, okay. Because because uh, <laughs> our Democratic governor insisted that he would have to not fill the stadium, you know, and, and you know, have social distancing and have people wear masks and all that stuff and... Trump was like, we're not going to wear masks. We will have nothing to do with that. Well, it turns out that Jacksonville, Florida is just recently or is about to uh, to uh, require masks. <laughs> nice. They promised that they would not require masks. That was one of the reasons why they got the, the uh, convention. But it's hard to say how that'll work out, though, really. Like, if there'll be an exception for the Republican convention, you know, if they'll be like, yeah, we, we have a mandate for masks, but Donald Trump gets an exception. He gets a lot of exceptions. Oh, speaking of exceptions, so another thing that the, the president gets, sorry to go back and forth here, is is um, we pay for the first six months of all of his expenses associated with the transition and we give him up to $100,000 to remodel the White House when he moves in. Um, but Trump spent... In case the bowling alley needs polished. Well, I, I, they all remodel. I mean, this is every single president, apparently. They change the drapes. They change the paintings on the wall. I don't know, but something. They, but Trump actually spent over a million dollars remodeling. I think the number, uh, if I remember right, was like $1.24 million or something like that. And they said in the article, they said they weren't sure if he or who paid for that, like if it came out of his pocket or if we paid for it. So there goes part of your twenty-two million, you know. Right. 
Um, It'd be cool to see like a pictorial history of the White House under the different presidents, you know, because they remodel it. Yeah, yeah. Just you know, maybe like a couple, couple signature rooms or whatever. Yeah, you know, just the Oval is, Office is probably a lot different. Um, yeah. Although we we see pictures of the Oval Office all the time, and to be honest, we haven't noticed any big difference there. So it's probably not as much the Oval Office. Yeah, I don't know, it'd be the picture of the drapes or whatever you were saying. But yeah, I mean, the furniture probably changes in the Oval Office, but I've not noticed any huge, huge changes. You see pictures of presidents in the Oval Office all the time. But. I'm calling on our listener to yeah, make that yeah, happen. Yeah, 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 go check. Go see if you can find a time lapse. of well, uh, Or yeah. create one, you know, do the research, scrape the pictures from the web or whatever. And Do you think the pictures are out there? They got to be somewhere. Are you saying that there's no pictures of the White House under each different president? Well, I mean... Anywhere? It's got to be someplace. I guess it depends on what the pictures are of, right? I mean, I don't know what they're remodeling. If there's 132 rooms in the White House, who the hell knows? Did they have pictures in 1790-whatever it was? Well, they had black and George white. George Washington started? Well, not not in the 1700s, but like the 1800s, I think they had black and white photos. Because they had know. they had black Figure and white photos. Out, Sorry, that's your job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fine. Um, so anyway, I could go on for days here. I've got I've got a note well, about. Something. I would like to point out that you are saying Donald Trump an awful lot tonight, breaking your rule. Well, yeah, it's true. I'm breaking my own rule, but I rules are meant to be broken. There's something. I mean, let's for hey, talk about breaking rules. So when Congress wrote the CARES package, they um. They put Did in you money. just use a segue? I thought that was illegal now. Well, there are none left, so apparently I didn't use one. No, they've canceled them. They've terminated. I think you can still find them. You just can't. They're not making them anymore. All right. Well, we just we recycled an old one. Then. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so no, the the CARES package included um, uh, aid for schools. Okay. And uh, but Congress had said that if private schools got aid it would be based on the number of under uh, of low income students that they they served and uh, anyway Betsy DeVos changed that she's she insisted that that I don't know how she changed it it wasn't clear apparently they you know the administration decided that the that they would reinterpret the law as written um, so that the private schools get aid you know, based on the number of students they have overall. And so anyway, this, the aid then that was that they were eligible for went from $1.27 million out of the CARES package. Now, this is that recent uh, stimulus package that they that Congress came up with to help out the schools. Um, well, everybody, you know, to help out big corporations and whatever. Um, but it, they get one from $1.27 million to $1.5 billion. So they get a thousand times as much money now as they would have gotten. It's very important that the anti-government, you know, people get funded from the government. Yeah, yeah, we all have to get our cut of federal money, right? So even though we don't want it, because we because we are rugged individuals. Right, that's and, what I'm saying. Like the yeah. people that scream about entitlement programs and all that kind well, of stuff. And, but, and in, in a way, I'm one but of hey, those. Give our private school some money. Yeah, in a way, I'm one of those people. I actually 
kind of, I mean, that's why I was a Republican for so long. I've always felt the government should should not be a big brother. It should not be the, you know, the, the deep state, if I dare call it that. You know, it should be like doing its job according to what the Constitution said it was supposed to do. And we should be more, you know, independent. But that's partly because, you know, I had the luxury of being independent. I've, you know, as I've gotten older, I've realized that not everybody has the same, you know, opportunities or, or, or maybe they're not, they have a health issue or something, you know, that causes them. I've always been really fortunate, to be honest with you. Well, having social programs or a safety net or investing in infrastructure or protecting the rights of the individual against encroachment by the corporations or whatever is not the deep state. Well, I'm just using that word. I'm just throwing, I'm just talking about like these huge government institutions that, you know, but my big, I get it. My I'm big, just saying the federal government has a role in taking care of its citizens. To some That's extent, all. yes, but I still think that the states could do a better job and the federal government to, could take less of our money. It, what's happened is the federal government has, has, because it's got such a huge mandate for these, you know, ridiculously, I mean, they're, most of it's pork barrel. They give out money where it's either not needed or it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, I mean, private schools is a great example. Private schools are privately funded. They've, they don't need government money. That's the fucking point of private schools. Right. Well, um, they shouldn't. They probably actually do need it, but well, they probably they get. Need they it. probably get a lot of you know, uh, you know, from voucher programs and things like that. But but anyway, the point is that I don't really like the idea of private schools. I would actually prefer that they were not given any help whatsoever. I'm not saying we should make them illegal, but I think that taking money away from public schools is a bad idea. But that's that's a whole another discussion. I guess my point is just that. It, when the federal government starts taking on these responsibilities, and I put that in quotes, um, when they start deciding that they're going to be, you know, in charge of all these different programs and stuff, it gets to be such a bureaucracy. It gets to be so far from it. This is a great example. I mean, Congress intended for this money to be given out for schools that needed that needed help, schools that had low income students who are going to, you know, need help getting through this, this, you know, coronavirus thing. And instead, it ends up being given to private schools, you know, that probably don't need it as much. But because it's a federal program, and because you've got federal oversight, and you've got people who, who are such a at such a high level, that their motivation, in my opinion, is in question, they're not close enough to the problem. Right? If you let the money just stay at the local level. And I'm not talking about the federal government giving it back to the states. I'm talking stop taking it from the states in the first place. You know, have a tax system where the states get the lion's share of the money. Now, obviously, that relies on the states being somewhat consistent. You know, obviously, you're going to have some states going to do better than others. We've got states that are kind of backwards, in my opinion. We've got other states that are more progressive. And that's the problem with the states doing this stuff. But I still think that the closer you get the money to the local people, if you just don't take it out of the you know the communities, then the communities will do the right thing with it because they have a vested interest and they know who needs it, right? But you yeah, get to the federal level. I, I mean, let's look at some of these 
programs like for 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 farmers, right? Because I, I, I've been, I grew up in a farm community, and I know exactly how this shit works. They come up with these subsidies and things like that. These these um, subsidies on the price of corn and whatever and whatnot. And what happens is these huge farms, these farms that have six thousand acres, and the, and they're basically, you know, they're basically corporations. They're big farms that employ a lot of people and make millions of dollars. End up getting the lion's share of these subsidies because they can manage their output such that they make sure they capitalize on whatever government programs are available. There's no differentiation in these programs between farms that are, like I said, basically corporations that are making millions of dollars a year and some struggling farmer, even though the picture that they would draw when they talk about farm subsidies is, oh, we're helping out the family farm, right? Right. That's not who gets the lion's share of these these benefits. Half the time, the guy with the family farm doesn't understand the program well enough to take advantage of it. And can't afford the lawyers to figure it out. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's. I mean, if you've got a big corporate farm or or just even a big farm that's making a lot of money, you've got staff, you've got people, you've got people that are taking care of stuff like that, and. And you've got lobbyists that are out there lobbying for the benefits to actually suit your purposes, not some poor guy with you know six hundred acres and and a, and a couple cows. You know he's he's just getting by. He's barely you know. But my point is that these programs don't usually serve the interests that they claim to serve because they're so far detached, and they're written by people sitting in Washington. Who are basically just trying to send money back to their their donors, not to the people, but you know, rich donors. Yeah, but I mean, state politics or even local politics are the same way. I mean, it's corruption all over the place. The local sheriffs are corrupt. The local city council people are corrupt. But how long does it take the to vote out corrupt. your city council? How long does it take to replace your local sheriff? We have when you're talking about local. Elections. Ed Brown's been there for a long time. <laughs> Who has? The Jacksonville sheriff. Oh, he's gone. Now, but yeah, he yeah, yeah, he was there for a while. But I'm just saying that's it's a lot easier to to have an election locally and know the person you're voting for because they're in your community. It's just Local government may be corrupt, but it's a lot less corrupt than federal government. You're not talking about a campaign that costs millions of dollars. I could run for for city councilman, and if I worked hard enough at it, I could probably win. But I couldn't possibly run for president. Right. Unless it's at the local book club, and that probably could. Fortunately, we don't have a look. No, we do. Anyway, I sorry, I got off on a tangent. This is like just totally oh, no, tangential. A tangent. There. No, um, not a tangent. That yeah, would destroy I mean, our our whole image. <sighs> I, I have, I have. Okay, I have some more Trump notes, but we'll just skip those for a minute. Okay, just because we haven't done a science segment in a long time. Oh, it's been years. Not since necrotizing fasciitis. Has it been that long? Have we seen? No uh, way it hasn't been that long. Well, I mean, shortly after necrotizing fasciitis, I think we started talking about this one 
virus that was, you know, starting to. Oh, come don't get me started on viruses. There's another virus. This isn't the science segment, but there's another virus they're checking out right now. Um, it's like a swine flu virus. It hasn't quite hit the human population yet, but they're expecting it maybe will. And uh, they're like, this could be the next pandemic. I'm like, we're not done with the current one yet. <laughs> we're already looking for the next one. Yeah. And, so and, the and, seven month itch. And on that note, for all of you trying to decide if you should wear a mask, there was a they did a little experiment with no mask versus masks and different types of masks. And um, in a nutshell, if you don't wear a mask and you sneeze or cough, you can emit droplets that go eight to 12 feet. Um, we'll just say more than eight feet um, away from you. And just a simple mask, just a, you know, bandana mask, will cut that down to a few feet. And the um, any decent mask will cut it down to, to like eight inches or less. So... So wearing a mask, you know, it may not protect you from inhaling someone else's virus, but it will protect, it will keep you from spewing your virus around to other people um, as much. I mean, it's not going to stop everything, but it definitely makes a huge difference. So just my note there on masks. I still don't think the federal government should mandate them, though. And that's, that's a psychological thing, because with all these people who hate the federal government telling them what to do, I think the federal government coming out with a, you know, everyone must wear masks everywhere is just asking for a bunch of people with with AR-15s to come out and protest. Yeah, I tend to agree with that just from a practical perspective. And I mean, I have on a on an individual level, I have, you know, libertarian kind of ideals, not on corporate level, but um I tend to agree with you there, but my general thought though is, and and you're right, it's psychological and I don't like it when people are protesting the whole mask thing, but I'm thinking like if it's that big of a deal to wear a mask, that's exactly what was intended. That means stay the fuck inside your house yeah, and don't worry about it. Yeah. Right. It's not because you must wear a mask and still continue to go about your daily life. It's because you're not supposed to continue to go about your daily life and stay the fucking side. Yeah. But if you do have to, and, and they say that too about the mask. They say if you have to be in proximity of other people, have to, have to. Yeah. Well, not most like, of the time, <laughs> you just keep your distance from people because if you keep your distance, the whole point of the mask is you can get closer. Right. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so so I the mean, sci- if you have to go like to the UPS store, that's one thing, right? Because right, the package yeah. has to get delivered or something. But to be out and about recreationally and then upset that you have to wear a mask, you're not getting the point. The point is stay the hell at home. <laughs> yeah, or stay away from people. Yeah, I mean, you can be working and you know out in your backyard or running down the beach as long as you don't get within ten feet of another person. Yeah, I mean, I go outside of my house, like you know, in in my yard or whatever, without a mask all the time. Yeah, or even you can sneak in your neighbor's yard. You just don't get close to your neighbor. That's all. (laughs) Just make sure they're not around when you break into their house. Yeah, or that they're not armed because. (laughs) Um. Yeah. Okay. So we digress a little bit, but um. 
So the science segment is about snakes because I know everybody loves ah, snakes. snakes. Yeah, I know. That's kind of how I felt when I was reading. I'm like, so here's the scary part. They're flying snakes. Oh, great. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Was, they, it was bad enough to start with. I know, I know. So so they so um so they're saying they didn't weren't really clear on on how the snakes could fly. You know, they don't really fly. They they basically do a very steep glide. Um, they said they jumping out of a tree from 30 feet up, they can, you know, travel 60, 70 feet away from the tree. Um, so it's kind of a, <laughs> that's, that's a jump. <laughs> yeah. It's better than a fall. Um, anyway, so they, they, they kind of swim through the air. They undulate their body both horizontally and vertically in such a way that stabilizes their flight path. Um, and that's what they discovered with with a very lot of very complicated motion um, recording equipment and uh, and some some simulations in the. Um, Where do these things live? Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure it's like South America or something. Uh, yeah, how yeah. much of a direct threat am I under? You, no, you you should never encounter one of these snakes. However. I still, after reading the article, I still now, when I go outside, I kind of look around and look up and stuff. Because if a snake is coming in, like if there's an incoming snake, you know, <laughs> I kind of want to know, you know. <laughs> That's why you should wear a mask. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, they also flatten their bodies, by the way, to get a little aerodynamics to them. So just, or you just know. stay in your house. Uh, that's, and, that's, and that's the science segment of the day um there's a lot of things i oh one last thing we're running out of time one last thing that i want to bring up that i think because we brought this up i brought this up uh, a couple weeks ago a few weeks ago we talked about facebook and something that they weren't taking down the trump thing and i was saying that all zuckerberg cares about is money well i don't know if you've heard but it turns out that unilever levi's coca-cola and starbucks have all withdrawn their ad campaigns from Facebook. So, and has Facebook changed its mind now? Um, well, they did remove Boogaloo stuff. Uh, they removed like, I don't know, a couple hundred Boogaloo accounts and related pages, but apparently they didn't get them all. But um, I don't know if you're familiar with the Boogaloo movement. But I was just about to ask. It is a, well, even if you were, someone else might not be. Boogaloo is apparently a code word for the next civil war. Oh, great. It's got a code word. Yeah, yeah. So if Here, you hear I someone it was referring only to. theoretical. We were predicting it, but no, it's it's underway if they've got a code word. Oh, and there's a lot of them, apparently. Apparently there's quite a few people. And one of the things that they've, they've, fault Facebook on is apparently some Boogaloo people have already killed a couple police officers in, in California. And, um, and they're saying, you know, Facebook has been dragging their feet on this because they, you know, again, it's all about money for Facebook. But now that people are saying, Hey, enough with the hate speech, enough with the encouraging these different, you know, white supremacist organizations to, to organize on your, on your platform, these what did I say? Four, uh, yeah, these four companies that I know of right now have said, fuck you, we're not going to advertise on Facebook. So it's it's going to cost them money, and then, so maybe they'll come around. Um, I just think it's kind of an interesting thing to keep an eye on because it's it's sad to say, but Facebook's going to respond to the revenue issue. That's all they're going to, that's all they give a fuck about. Right. Hit them where it hurts. Yeah. Where it counts, right in the old wallet. Life is hard. 
But it could be worse. Life is hard. But it could be worse. Life is hard.